This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Uh, of course, it's the Greg Tucker Show today, Am I? as usual on Mondays. And I'm not plugged in, but I, I think I can hear you. Uh, I can actually hear you. Yeah. The the um, Sometimes the sound just bounces all over the place, no matter where you go. So I, uh, I've had a busy weekend, big boy. Well, I know you upgraded your standard of living. I, I did as, as far as automobiles. See, my dad always wanted a Cadillac his whole life. And uh, my cousin, Stan McNabb, owns businesses in Columbia and Tallahoma and, and all those places. And um, I heard that they, from his son, Trey, his oldest son, found out that they were having a sale on used Cadillacs. So I went over there, and and it was really, uh, I, I, I enjoyed being over there with all the people. They're very nice. Um, it was a, it was of course, a, it's family. It was a two-for-one sale. Why didn't you get one for me? You know, I should have. Uh, I think, the yeah, you're right. The other one was free. <laughs> but I tell you what, it was a great price. I'm not going to mention prices or anything, but that thing drove like a dream it was absolutely nice i was able to take it and run over to uh it was in columbia and then uh barry and i went over to uh, uh bedford county into Shebbeville and um they had a, a nice service over there for um uh, uh, mr gaither uh, uh eloise's husband and a uh, really nice group of people. I know that uh, Harold would have been pleased with with the way that it was handled and all the people that showed up. And it was really, really special. And we'll be thinking about Eloise all through the holiday season because it's very difficult when you have to, um, when you lose someone, especially a spouse. And, and then um, that's part of the Christmas holiday. It's, it's pretty tough. Now, what have you been doing since I've been talking about myself? Uh, well, enjoying the farm. Interesting, sometimes no matter how hard you try, things don't work out. I have a lot of vehicles and a lot of batteries mm. and batteries on other things at the farm. Did the so, batteries work? Well, I had two that didn't. Uh-oh. So I brought them in and uh, people over at Advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're real helpful, real cooperative, and I said, just match it. We test it as uh, a total loss, so I said, we'll just match it. 
And while I'm working out the payment and the warranty and all that, the fella goes back and gets a battery and says, I'll just put it in the vehicle for you. So he takes it out and puts mm -hmm. it in. And I thanked him and wished everybody a Merry Christmas. Did you pay him? Paid him. That's okay. what I was doing while he put it in the back oh. of the car. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't, as my mistake, and later when I called him, he apologized too. I didn't look at it hmm. until I got home. And uh, the posts were on the wrong side. It wouldn't fit in the in the. Oh, my. Yeah. So I called him, and uh, he says, oh, my, he should look, too, because he didn't pay attention to it. So I'm going to swing back by today and swap a nice, new, clean battery for another one, hopefully with the posts on the other side. And little details that you know that uh, you, you know to look didn't look. Did you... Uh pay him extra for all the trouble that he went through, kind of like a Christmas present, Christmas gift, or something like that. The battery, I know how generous you are. Well, the battery was expensive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like a long-life battery, so it was expensive. But what was your uh, gate, uh, the, the, I, how it worked? Was that working? Yeah, no, that was interesting. Uh, I pulled the battery. It's a great big marine battery, one mm -hmm. of the largest batteries. I took it out and put it in the end to take in, to swap in, mm -hmm. and the gate still works. Wow. But, of course, it primarily works off solar power, mm -hmm. and uh, the battery is there for backup. And yesterday we had a little occasional sun, so the gate, I said, it's like the thing's haunted. It's working, and you've pulled the heart out of it. But uh, actually, it works most of the time off solar power. It's been hard on batteries this year because we haven't had that much sun. Uh, and, oh, today is the first day of winter. That's Did right. you realize that? Well, they told me on the radio it's the winter solstice. Uh huh. And the first official day of winter according to the calendar. I can tell you it's been cold before now, though. You know, I looked up in the sky, and I couldn't see very much. I had a, a nice little text that told me when uh, everything was going to be um, uh, in, a, in, in a special place. I believe it was southwest part that I got the uh, information from my scientific expert yeah. who keeps me, uh, you know, uh, which I'm happy because I love to watch all the great things that only happen once in a blue moon. Well, we're very close to the conjunction, which means they get together, mm -hmm. of Saturn and Jupiter. And that has been interesting because every few days checking it when the sky is clear, they're getting closer and closer together. Yeah, I have been watching that. Yeah, and uh, I believe tonight may be the actual conjunction. And I'm interested in whether they look like one bright star or whether you can still see, you know, two points of light. It'd be interesting. You know, I think the people who have had the virus are going to have a better Christmas than those who haven't had the virus because they have to be a lot more careful, according to my favorite doctor, Dr. John Daniel Rudd. So um, I think a lot... Uh, Ours is going to be normal because every one of us has had the virus in, in my family. And each of you had a light, light case of it. Uh, except for 
one who who was real sick for a couple of days. But, yeah, and that's still light compared to what a lot of people have experienced. That's true. Now, are you prepared at all today, or are we just going to wing it? I'm prepared to relax and be interviewed. Yeah, because you're already asking for a day off. As much as I pay you to be on the show on Mondays, it's unbelievable. I expect one day off with full pay, uh, and... uh, Next Monday, it will be an appropriate day between the holidays. That would be a good day for us to go out and enjoy a, a meal on Monday, wouldn't it? It would be. If We've got to find out from uh, the lady who uh, we, we have to be able to please her, your wife. Okay. So uh, we have to let her make the decision. I know you were mentioning... Um, uh, d- down in uh, well, what do you call it, Miss Bobos, Miss Mary Bobos. Well, I know you have connections down there, so that's a possibility. Yeah, actually, one of my not my classmates, but she was a year behind me, I believe. And uh, she uh, usually, if we let them know early, she will be our uh, person who takes care of us to make sure that. We get all. Uh, you can't find any better food than Ms. Bobo's anywhere in the world. I mean, it's just absolutely priceless. And uh, it's been in operation as Ms. Bobo's for a number of generations. You have to appreciate, if I'm correct, that the Jack Daniels people, when Ms. Bobo was gone, yeah, uh, have stepped in and uh, have kept the place going as part of the Jack Daniels experience. They would have people coming in from all over the world who would go into Moore County, into Livingston, and and uh, do business. I mean, uh, the operational business there was unbelievable. Now, I believe uh, Mr. Daniels was, got mad at something at his house, if I'm not mistaken, and kicked the safe or whatever it was. Died. And he died from that. Died of blood poisoning. Yeah. Something that we never even worry about these days with all the antibiotics. But, yeah, that's the story anyway. Uh, speaking of restaurants, reminds me of an interesting phone call I got last week. Uh, in fact, I believe it was probably Monday afternoon last mm-hmm. week. <clears throat> from a lady, uh, Miss Jessie who, from the telephone, I didn't meet her. She called me on the phone, and later we used the Internet. Uh, She called me, referred by Mary Watkins. Uh, We've talked about Mary and her work with the African-American history Mm -hmm. around the area. She had, uh, Miss Jessie had apparently called Mary from Nashville with a question, and Mary referred her to me. Uh, Miss Jessie... was trying to find information on her mother. Hmm. She explained to me that her mother had died before she was old enough to have any recollection. Uh, But she had learned that her mother was a cook, worked as a cook Mm -hmm. at one of the restaurants in Murfreesboro during the 1930s up until the time of her death in the late 1930s and wanted to know if there was any way that she might be able to get some information 
and at a long shot, maybe even find somebody that would have some pictures of the personnel there. And I said, well, I do have one contact that might be might be useful to you. I knew that in uh, about 1936, the city cafe, the original city cafe on the south side of the square, run by Dorsey Cantrell, Cantrell, or Cantrell, mm-hmm. uh, and he actually went by Dossie. Uh Everybody knew Dossie. Uh He hired his first uh, waitresses in 1936 and up until that time I think the family and all had done the whatever waitressing there was uh, and among those was Audie A-U-D-I-E oh, I like that name and her sister Sarah last name Overall mm. Sarah Overall a lot I, of overalls from here at one time yeah yeah very common name mm-hmm. uh Sarah overall, you and I know her son, a country music uh, star for this area. Uh, Billy Henson is the son of Sarah overall. One of the more famous people from this area. Yeah, and uh, his mother was a waitress Hmm. at City Cafe from... The period that uh, Miss Jessie was. I think he about. told us that at one time. We I've I discussed th- it with him and, yeah. and written about the the contact there when they were having a birthday of uh, yeah. the last one. That's yeah. right. Uh, and also interesting that uh, Patsy Henson, mm-hmm. uh, who was an Armstrong, yeah, Billy's wife, mm-hmm. uh, also has a connection with City Cafe, a little more attenuated and and. Uh, uh, a bit of a sad story, but her uncle, George Snow, was died as a result of a knife fight uh, with uh, Baden Du Bois uh, at the City Cafe hmm. in about that same time period. Uh, the City Cafe in the 1930s, as we all know, had an upstairs which uh, was an active gambling uh, venue. Not in this county. Oh, yeah. Uh, It wouldn't have been upstairs if it had been under different circumstances. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, uh, they were gambling, and the story is that George was uh, having a good night and decided to go home, and uh, uh, Du Bois followed him out or started out. And they got in an argument, and uh, it turned into, and the newspaper described it as a, a cutting fray, F-R-A-Y, a cutting fray. I think fray. they could have done a little better on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, Baden apparently prevailed and was tried for uh, uh, murder and was sentenced, but uh was uh, released, I think, in 14 months uh, on good behavior. Are you sure it was mur- ended up murder, well, the, the, the uh, verdict? Yeah, but not... not uh, it wasn't first or second degree, I wouldn't no, think. No, it may well have been an element of self-defense. Yeah. 
We've talked before about uh, some of the rougher areas all over the southeast, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bar fight was considered uh, assumption of risk, and uh, they usually gave light sentences if uh, it appeared that there was a, something in the nature of a bar fight. Most bar fights that I have been to uh, were without any type of weapon. Oh yeah, which which made it uh, a lot simpler to deal with in well, those, in those situations. It's a sporting event. Yeah, yeah. There's no weapons involved. Yeah. Well, anyway, getting back to uh, uh, the phone call, I uh, said, uh, "Give me an email to remind me, and uh, I'll uh, send you back some information." So, uh, a day or so later, I sent her uh, something we had written. Uh, about the cafe and its personnel and then gave her uh, Billy and Patsy's contact information. Mm-hmm. I hadn't followed up to see whether uh, the Hensons are able to help her at all, but uh, she was delighted to have any kind of lead uh, uh, information and uh, made me feel good to help her learn, perhaps learn a little bit more about her mother and yeah. her mother's circumstances in those years. Billy is amazing because his memory is better than almost anyone around. And being a country music person, of course, he's met so many people over the years and traveled all over the world, you might say. Well, he did a lot of playing around this area. I had breakfast uh, last week with Ralph Puckett Mm -hmm. and I mentioned Billy. Now, where did you have breakfast at? I forget. I have breakfast so often it's hard. The to campus it. sub, it had to be. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was. Uh, but uh, Ralph said he and his twin brother Ray uh, used to play with Billy, and he said we played uh, dances and such all over the county mm-hmm. back in the must have been in the fifties, forties, fifties that time period. Isn't it amazing they were able to play really more in more different places back in that era than they are now? Everything is just, uh, you have entertainment all over your house and everywhere else anymore. People really don't get out as much as they used to. Well, live entertainment, of course, in the 30s and during the war period was all there was, Mm -hmm. really. Uh, And... uh, it's interesting reading about some of the uh, the early uh, big name, well known country music stars. Seems like they were always doing concerts somewhere yeah. on, a, on a flatbed trailer. Yeah, they'd pull in that flatbed trailer uh, frequently in a car lot or something like that mm-hmm. as I come on for the business and uh, have the band up on the up on the trailer and they dance on the pavement. Uncle Dave Macon used to do it over at his house. And when I was a young boy, uh, I could listen to them when I go to bed at night and and you could hear uh, all the music going on from Papa Jones and Mama Jones's house, which is almost right across the street from where they lived. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was amazing. You, you think of all the things that Uncle Dave Macon did as far as his business and and he was, I don't know how he ever stopped because everything required him to be traveling 
uh, pretty much in that time, and you could not travel as easy. In fact, uh, sometimes it was mules uh, pulling a, a big wagon somewhere. Uh, uh, we we talk about the old days and and good things and bad things, but we can talk about it. But since we haven't lived it, there's no way that you can even comprehend what they had to go through back then uh, to all to do all the things they did. You're right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's the first time you've ever said that. I believe as long as we've been friends. Well, and probably be a while before I'll have occasion again. <laughs> now, since I talked about what we're doing for the holidays, I mean, uh, we're over at my niece's house, and, and then we'll be over at my son's house, uh, both of them. And it's going to be a special time for us because, you know, in this um, harem, scarum type of, of uh, thing that we're living through right now, it's rare to be able to spend that amount of time. Like I said earlier, we were very fortunate. If if there's a way to to um, analyze it, it, in going ahead and having the virus, because um, now we can all get together and feel pretty safe w- with with that type of environment that we're going to be in. But. What are you going to do? Uh, well, you're still talking about, though, that it's all family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Cripple Creek Presbyterian Church mm-hmm. has decided uh, to have a Christmas Eve service. So we will, with my son and his. Wow. Yeah, my son's family. We will uh, enjoy a, a, a simple country country church. Christmas Eve. Nothing like it. Yeah, very. Everything will be very familiar, I'm sure. And uh, then we're gonna have dinner with my son and his wife and mm-hmm. our granddaughter Cora. And usually, my son uh, invites uh, someone who lives alone uh, and uh, invites them to come join with us. Just so like you're inviting me. If uh, you didn't have family to go to, we would probably consider. Well, no, you go to say, I live. I live alone. Yeah, I bet you there's probably uh, seventy-five thousand people in this county that live alone. Well, one of them will have Christmas dinner with us or Christmas Eve dinner with yeah, us. Yeah, one out of seventy-five thousand. Yeah, and yeah. I hope others will will do the same because uh, there are people that don't have family in there. Yeah, they are. And uh, it's a sad time for yeah. many of them. Yeah, and Christmas. but but we're still celebrating the the birth of uh, Christ. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's the big thing. Yeah, Christmas morning, uh, a family tradition we have is oyster stew. So Ooh. One time that I try to make it, uh, try to prepare it, and uh, you actually uh, prepare the the oyster stew. Yeah, you do, but, but we use prepackaged oysters. Oh, I, I was yeah, going to say I that. Try, I tried. Oysters out of the creek. They didn't quite look like oysters, but uh, we decided that wasn't the way to go. Uh, you you are from Washington D.C., aren't you? No, I did spend a lot of time there, though. <laughs> uh, and then later in the Christmas day, I'm mm-hmm. sure our granddaughter will come over and we'll share with the family. 
Will she have her princess outfit on? She probably have one of them on. She's amazing because she goes all the way from being a farm girl to be a princess. I, I mean, she covers the gamut of everything. And every once in a while you have to get her down out of the tree. She loves to climb. Isn't it nice to have a, a little lady that enjoys the farm? That, that makes it even more special. Well, we enjoy the farm. Last Sunday morning we made a point, or yesterday, of walking the farm mm -hmm. and just enjoying the the uh, quiet and it uh, was overcast and a little bit damp but it was so peaceful uh, that uh, we just enjoyed a I guess hour and a half walk around the farm I, you know that's one thing I do miss the, the serenity of being on a farm and uh, there's a lot of labor that goes on but it's well worth it and of course, you, you deal with a lot of animals, the cows and things like that. Mike was telling me that he was taking them. To, you may have heard him. He was taking uh, them uh, some to the market, and he had one cow that could actually vault over the back of a truck, which I remember having a deal with that sometime. Farm, farm is, is, a, is a life that is just extremely special. It really is because you're having to deal with things of nature, but uh, working together as a family is something, if you haven't done it, you've really missed out on, on one of the great blessings. We have a phone call. Caller, welcome aboard. Uh -oh. Hey, Truman. I'm having uh, uh Yeah, hon. This damn baby, I was going to tell you that in, in, in Rutherford County, the best oyster stew you make, you had to have bullhead canned oysters. <laughs> Sounds like your radio could be on, ma'am, if we're getting some interference back. If you can make sure you don't have a radio on in the background, please. Well, Ann's probably listening. Turn, turn off your radio. I did. I did. Okay, that, that's better. I believe that's a little better. I'm sorry, I forgot to turn that off. I know that from listening to y'all all time. Yeah, you are one of the sweetest people I've ever known, Ann. And how you put up with Teb, I'll never know. I think she was going to give us some advice about oyster stew. Yeah. Hey, hey, putting up with Teb has just been, been uh, a lot of patience and, and, and God giving me the patience. <laughs> Looks like we're getting some interference. We might have to text that in, but if you could send it over to me, I will make sure Truman gets it. Sorry about that. I'm sorry, Ann. She is one of the nicest people, I think, the whole family. When when they had babies over there, what are you, what are you doing? I'm suggesting that Mike Waller come over here to the other microphone. Hey, Mike, I didn't see you in here. Come on up, big boy. <laughs> or as they used to say, come on down at one of those. Come on down and be careful about yeah. what you shake. Where'd you get your coffee? Oh, you could have brought me one. It's always good to see you. Have, have, you, got the, have you got the dam all taken care of? We're progressing. We're, we're making some headway. 
We're talking about Sam Davis, Sam. I think we are, yeah. Yeah. I do. Uh, we met with the school board last Thursday evening, mm-hmm. and uh, it's typical, it's just like it's been since last February. Uh, there's a lot of different opinions, mm-hmm. uh, complete lack of transparency, uh, and there was some, some quite a bit of discussion among the school board uh, we had we had asked for permission uh, to re- repair and restore the creek bank that's eroded right. uh, on the side of the dam, and uh, they, uh, after a lot of discussion, uh, voted to table a motion just to wait until we get the uh, results from the uh, historical society or mm-hmm. historical commission and the Corps of Engineers. Right. Which we understand uh, should be forthcoming within a few weeks. So uh, depending on what the Corps uh, recommends, uh, we already know where the Historical Commission stands. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're optimistic that uh, we can can proceed to uh, fix that eroded area off off the bank. Creek Bank. But, the Historic uh, Commission has said that the dam should remain. I'm sorry? The Historic Commission has said that the dam should remain right. because of its historical significance. Yes, sir. So uh, have you ever seen anything? It shouldn't have been this complicated, should it? Well, I've... I've well, well, uh, let, me, let me say this. It, it, the way I look at it, the, the people that... Uh, are, are taking uh, advantage of this as far as use, utilizing the that dam for uh, you might say other uh, other reasons, and we're talking about monetary reasons. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, it, it it doesn't seem like that that should be a way for people to um, adjust their financial things as uh, easily as it was done because there was too many other things involved like the Sam Davis the uh, Sam Davis homes and the and the, the education process all the other things that were going on without a proper notification I agree it's it's been difficult from day 1 to to secure information yeah not just reliable information just information at all uh, and it it may be Truman because it's such so infrequent that, yeah. that anything like this is contested or that anyone looks into it. I, I dare say that uh, it's, it's very seldom, if ever, that, that anyone can test uh, a 30-day comment period mm-hmm. uh, by the Department of Environment and Conservation. I don't know that. I just, I just, I would like to think that that's one of the reasons we've had so much problems getting reliable information and, and accurate information is just... Uh, you know, they, well, they don't you, deal with it that often. When you brought to light the fact that there was a considerable amount of money involved, I think that's what prompted, you know, kind of a, wait a minute, what's really going on here, and uh, why is nothing coming back to the county? Right. Either the school board or the Sam Davis Association uh, not getting anything out of a very substantial uh, financial transaction. You're thinking about uh, destroying a dam uh, for um, 
a reason that didn't seem valid because Mike went over and looked at it. And, and most people have said that it would not take that much money to protect that dam and, and get it where it would uh, still be here for many, many years as part of the, the Sam Davis, the visitation over there. There are so many things that are involved in it. Well, the public notice really told us rather candidly what was going on. The public notice posted by the state agency didn't say anything about water flow or environmental wildlife or uh, safety. It said uh, we're going to let this Nashville-based outfit tear down the dam in order to, quote, generate compensatory mitigation credits. And when I read that, I said, well, what in the world does that mean? Mike finally got the numbers. It meant a million and a half dollars. That's amazing. <laughs> and you, how, how much do, would you think it would take for you and, and, and the Sam Davis Commission to get involved and in, in to make that structure uh, as strong as it needs to be? You know, from what I've seen of the dam, and of course, you, with the water level as high as it is right now, you yeah. you can't tell where it may be seeping or leaking below the water level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I noticed coming over here, coming Medical mm-hmm. Center Parkway, the dam on Stones River there, it's a sportsman lodge. Yeah. There's a number of places that you can see from the highways I was driving by that the dam actually has some, some leaks yeah. where, where water's coming through the dam. Uh, so uh, the, the structure's still intact. It's it's still holding back water. Well, the uh, Sportsman's Club and others who enjoy that need to be alert because uh, if there's this much money to be generated from taking down an old dam, the one over there that you're talking about may yet be a target. Why was sure. this... Uh what was the beginning of of this mitigation process that's going on and people taking advantage of it and and only those that uh, are completely aware of it who probably have utilized this a number of times over the past um why are they given that opportunity that that's the some the things that I don't understand well the motivation originally came from the federal water quality act which goes back a number of years and it was to uh, encourage water uh, quality uh, projects. Mm -hmm. But actually, if you look at it, it was to give a way for certain industries that were, I guess, cash-strapped and could not afford to make the change uh, a way to do it by having uh, expensive development projects pay a fee for any effect they had, negative effect they had on water flow. Mm-hmm. And then that generated these credits, which could then be transferred to the project, which might be a public utility, so they could mess up the water. So in other words, uh, here we're going to take down an old dam, which is interfering with water flow, and generate these credits. And then we're going to sell those credits to the developers who need to bridge a stream in order to do their development. So it enables some degradation in water quality mm-hmm. in exchange for some supposedly improvement in water quality. That's where it started, but you can see how both industry and the state government 
has latched on to it and created mitigation banks that can do these projects and collect these uh, credits and then sell the credits to private developers, other state agencies right. such as that. But now, who, who would we have to get a hold of and notify them that we don't feel comfortable with this type of situation and maybe they need to look into why this was organized and is it something that is going to um, actually um, bother owners and other people who may not even know this is going on. It's supposed to have notified everybody, but from what we can tell, it's just... The, the information is real, really obscure. Well, there's a specific proposal that when the project is completed, which is a seven-year process, most of which is just a monitoring uh, after the actual work's done, that the uh, funds would be divided among the school board, the Sam Davis, and, and I guess the uh, Davidson County outfit that's involved. Uh, and that's you know, not a bad arrangement if we can keep up with where the money is, what's being done with the money. Because a million dollars could generate a lot of interest yeah. over a seven-year period. Who's going to have the advantage of that time value of the money? And uh, will the money be drawn down for any other project use? Who's got control? If all those things can be done in a transparent, use Mike's word, transparent way, then uh, perhaps, except for the sacrifice of the historic value, that's a reasonable way to do it. Mm -hmm. But we haven't seen anything in the way of a formal agreement that uh, that's that's what's supposed to be happening. Uh, All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the Greg Tucker Show and Mike Waller. Look, up in the sky. There it is, the tallest tower in Murfreesboro. This is WGNS FM, AM, and worldwide at WGNSRadio.com. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Adams Place is a premier senior living facility in Murfreesboro. Our residents say the chefs at Adams Place run the area's best restaurant. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place Residential Living Director Terry Deal. Offering independent living, assisted living, memory care, health care center, and on-site rehabilitation. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. Hi, this is Lisa Halliburton with Bell Jewelers. Our Christmas catalog is always a big hit. You'll find it on our website, belljeweler.com, as well as some will be mailed out, and we'll have some here at the store. But it features all of our popular items at special holiday prices. Be on the lookout for Bell Jewelers' Christmas catalog. So come see us at Bell Jewelers, 821 Northwest Broad Street, across from Toots Restaurant. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help when others won't. It's what our members tell us we do every day. Whether it's a loan for a car you need to get to work, 
or saving for the future. Let us see if we can help. If you live, work, worship, or attend school in Rutherford, Bedford, or Marshall Counties, you can be a member of Heritage South. Visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, to learn more. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Whether you're a student, alumni, or just a fan, Raider Tees has exactly what you need to help you cheer on the Blue Raiders on game days and every moment in between. We sell officially licensed Blue Raider gear. Whether it's clothing, hats, flags, chairs, or just whatever, we have it all, including exclusive gear you won't find anywhere else. Like us on Facebook for updates on new Blue Raider gear and special prices or discounts. For all your Blue Raider gear, shop Raider Tees today. Bigger, better, and go blue! Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Police in Murfreesboro on the lookout for somebody they say spent counterfeit money at the Exxon station on North Thompson Lane. Police say the man allegedly gave a clerk a counterfeit $20 bill there December 13th. The clerk checked the bill, realized it was counterfeit. The man then pulled out a stack of money and paid with another $20 bill. After leaving the store, the clerk found that bill to be counterfeit as well. Police trying to identify the suspect from security video. It's posted on our website, WGNSRadio.com. If you recognize him, there's a name and a number of somebody to call and tell about that. Due to the increased number of COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations in Rutherford County, the school district is considering a hybrid schedule for the second semester. Director of Schools Bill Spurlock said that no solution is perfect, but a hybrid model would increase social distancing by reducing the number of students at school each day. In Coffee County, the Sheriff's Department there says they will switch to taking non-emergency reports over the phone due to COVID-19. In addition to the county government buildings, the County Coffee Administrative Plaza and libraries are all closed as of today. Officials plan to reevaluate whether to reopen buildings on January 4th. Governor Bill Lee asking Tennesseans to limit their Christmas gatherings. The governor said Tennesseans shouldn't gather with anyone outside their household to help stop the spread of the coronavirus. Lee noted that there was a spike in cases after Thanksgiving, and the state can't afford another one after Christmas. He also announced plans to limit indoor gatherings to 10 people and urge folks to wear masks, but stopped short of making masks mandatory. Tennessee's first lady tested positive for COVID-19. Maria Lee was tested after she showed mild symptoms. The governor tested negative and is quarantining at the governor's residence. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension St. Thomas, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. ERs at Ascension St. Thomas Hospitals are open 24-7. Get the care you need at GetSTHealthCare.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon with a high into the upper 50s. Winds out of the southwest around 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's four. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. 
Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. For Premier 6 Theater, they're now open. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. All right, welcome back. It is now for the, it's time for the genius to step forward. Well, uh, seriously, we are going through, and everybody tells us in the media, a very, very difficult holiday period. We're being told that uh, we should, in many cases, avoid family gatherings. Uh, we're told to stay home and not enjoy mm-hmm. the, the outings that are usually associated with the holiday season. And I, I have heard several times that there has never been a, an imposition uh, on the American public as we have for this time. And uh, I beg to differ. Oh, here we go. Yeah, well, we need to remember seriously mm-hmm. that uh, there's a generation uh, before us uh, that made it possible for us to even be here and be concerned about such things as how we celebrate our holidays. And I'm talking about uh, a holiday period that uh, was full of fear and, and uncertainty, but people still doing the right thing. I'm talking about December 1943. And to begin with, somewhere around December 8th, the local power company said, no Christmas lights this year uh, to conserve electricity, but also the blackout uh, mm-hmm. rules are in place. Uh, at that time, unlike two years before, before 1941, the population in Murfreesboro and all over the country were very much aware that there was a war going on heavily in Europe. In December, the Allies were in Italy, trying to fight through Italy, one of the early phases of, of the war there. In Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, we were very, very much aware of it because we were the site of much of the maneuvers and preparation that were going on in anticipation of land invasions of the enemy territory, obviously D-Day and the ultimate anticipation that we'd have to invade the Japanese mainland. And everything was focused on preparing, preparing for that. Some of the things that uh, in our area here, for example, Central High School canceled all interscholastic sports activity. Uh, they were down to uh, just over 400 children enrolled in Central High, and two-thirds of them were uh, girls. The men were already, those who were of age where they could volunteer, uh, were already doing so. Interesting that uh, some of the classes uh, at the school involved weaving sweaters or knitting sweaters, which were being sent to the military for use by kids overseas. One big push, which many people have forgotten, is uh, kitchen oil, kitchen fats. I've seen pictures of a long line of school kids, each one carrying a jar or a can, uh, and dumping it in a big barrel because the the fat waste from the kitchens was used in the manufacture of gunpowder, ammunition, and such. The incentives were for uh, a pound of used cooking fat, 
the family would be given a uh, two ration points, uh, the, the red ration points being the two most sought after because they could be used to buy uh, things like uh, beef uh, and butter and uh, two items that were most sorely missed, I think I can imagine, sugar and coffee. And these uh, ration points were offered as an incentive because everyone was looking for those things. Uh, the rationing went to uh, heavier things as well. Uh, farmers were not, although I'm sure some went on, but they could not, they were encouraged not to give away such things as uh, pork or uh, other rationed meats that they would, uh, asking the farmers even to collect those ration points in order to slow the demand for these things. Hard goods, gasoline tires were just not there. And uh, people were cannibalizing one vehicle to try to keep another vehicle running. They set up a Rutherford County rationing board, which met every week to hear requests and hardship cases. the entire auto industry in terms of uh, domestic use had been shut down uh, and the few cars available were had to be distributed through these ration boards. The only orders that were, the only requests for cars that were honored in this area were for the new air base and the people that were working on the air base. Uh, rubber boots had to go through the hardship request and I found one reference to where doctor was allowed to get a new set of rubber boots uh, to replace what he had been wearing. Uh, all non-essential travel. I mean, we're told now we can't go and they discourage us from traveling. But it was completely shut down except for military personnel. Even telephone usage was discouraged. Uh, between 7 and 10 p.m., Southern Bell and the other telephone exchanges were asking no personal use of the telephone. They were reserving that evening time for military uh, calls and such. Uh, clearly, there was uh, full employment locally, and we were looking to uh, young people and women to take jobs that hadn't uh, been available in the in the past with all the men heading overseas. Uh, one interesting thing here locally is a company set up out on the old Sky Harbor Airport property, mm-hmm. and they were cutting graphite, and the employees had no idea why, what it was for, or where it was going. Many years later, we learned that this was part of the Manhattan Project. We were cutting yeah. graphite, sending it to Oak Ridge, and it was used in the processing uh, in Oak Ridge. Uh, the uh, Selective Service Board also was meeting weekly and identifying and reclassifying the, uh, the men in the community. You were either 1A, which meant you were on your way into the service, Uh, 2A meant that essential civilian employment, which was usually the defense industry, the manufacturer Mm -hmm. of of war goods. There was also a classification, which numbers in this area got for engaged in agriculture. They're trying to keep the supply of food moving into the military. 
And uh, I noted that on December 23rd, they gave one 4F, which meant somebody was deemed unfit for military service. Uh, Mr. Croslin, Frank Croslin, a familiar name down in Eagleville, ran an ad shortly before Christmas that said business for sale. He says, to be ready when I am called for induction, I have decided to sell my building material and grain business and grocery businesses. In other words, here's someone who is anticipating already yeah. that he was either going to volunteer or be drafted. So he was just liquidating everything in anticipation of his service. Uh, that was the biggest company in Eagleville at the time. Yeah, as we approached the Christmas season in December 1943, the word went out that uh, the maneuvers here were going to be wound up uh, and would move into the next phase, which was the, transfer, the planning for the transporting the men and the material over to England. Uh, anticipating that uh, the men in training were going to be going overseas soon, we, Rutherford County, was flooded with families of these fellows who were here on maneuvers, uh, many times concerned, obviously, that this could be the last opportunity to, to visit. Uh, a, uh, there were a lot of entertainment and social activities set up for the, uh, the military personnel in the area. Uh, one activity involved private homes, and I know that at 302 South Tennessee Boulevard, now Middle Tennessee Boulevard, uh, the lady of the house had a five-bedroom house, and she would make available uh, to the young women who were coming into the area yeah. to see their husband or their fiancé for perhaps the last time. That was the concern. Uh, but no questions asked. She would make the rooms available and provide uh, coffee or tea, whatever was available for them, while they would have their, their last visit. Uh, I know that story because my grandmother, who was at that address, uh, still uh, on into the 60s, was getting Christmas cards and letters from some of these ladies who had stayed with her uh, during that time period. Uh, Did you spend any time with your grandmother at that time? Well, I wasn't around during the war period, but as you and I have discussed... I thought you and I were the same age. Uh, no, we're not. Oh, that's why I call you Big Brother. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I spent a lot of time at that address, but it was in the 50s and the 60s and such. Uh, two days before Christmas, Washington decided that it was important to advise the nation, and I guess in part so there could be the prayer activity during the Christmas holiday and such, uh, of what was to be expected in 1944. Uh, because of offensive military initiatives that were already planned for the invasions of the territory occupied by the German and Japanese forces. And this is a direct quote out of the Roosevelt administration uh, notice to the population. It was, quote, Allied casualties will mount into the hundreds of thousands. Yeah. This was circulated around the country two days before Christmas and on Christmas Eve day. So 
I think it's safe to say that uh, there has been a generation that sacrificed more at Christmas than what we're being asked to do today. Well, of course, the wartime with the uh, guys uh, leaving, that was the big thing. But if you think about it, we didn't have a whole lot back then anyway because uh, our telephone service was almost nothing here. We had uh, one person that lived close to us, and you had to go through the operator to get anywhere. So it was very limited. Many of us didn't even have electricity during that particular time. So we we were not given up a whole lot as far as our home life was concerned during that t- period, unless you were affected uh, directly by the personnel who were going to be involved in going to to Europe and places like that. So um, we're we're giving up, um, and this is. Let's get back on the lighter side. I know someone who is one of the worst animals that we've got around here. Mike is the black-headed buzzard. It causes more problems than just about any other, as much as the coyotes do. And I heard somebody has been protecting the black-headed buzzards. Um, and uh, his, his dogs were, were there to protect his animals out there. And his dogs were trying to get rid of the buzzards in that area. So it's my understanding that the owner... Uh, of that particular property was trying to protect that particular species. Uh, there are not many people who can say they've actually picked up and carried off a live black-headed buzzard. Uh, but uh, on Sunday, I threw a net over him, picked him up, carried him to safety because uh, uh, somebody didn't want the buzzard to meet its last moments there. You have such a kind heart. Bless your heart. (laughs) (laughs) They're an interesting, fascinating bird. Uh, They got a beak that can just tear up anything. It's real sharp and hooked. So you have to hold them in such a way that the wing shoulders keep him from turning that head back to get you by the hand. And uh, it was actually an interesting experience. Don't you love him? <laughs> sure thing. So what are you doing for Christmas, Mike? I'm headed to West Tennessee to visit the family. How far to West Tennessee? Well, I'm going just outside of Memphis to a little community called Rossville. Oh, yeah. And we'll be down there Christmas Eve and Christmas. Now, are you obeying the governor's rules? Uh, I'm not the host. I'm just... A single attendee, yeah. and I just heard this morning where they had asked groups to limit themselves to ten. Yeah. So we is, is it asked or is it a mandate? Well, I'm not sure. I just I just heard it on the news early this morning. Uh, I would say cumulatively, as people come and go, we may exceed ten. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we'll have ten at one time. Yeah, it's it's my understanding that that doesn't really go along with a lot of the the medical information that we have if if you have not had the virus it does because uh you you don't want to uh, 
uh, have other people be infected and become a, a problem with the family or, or maybe even friends and sure. other people like that. But it's my understanding if you have had the virus and you have gotten over it, uh, you have pretty much uh, free reign to, to okay. inside the family and, and with friends to uh, be able to celebrate Christmas pretty much the way that you have in the past. Yeah. Well, uh, in my case, uh, our host, my daughter, uh, had a serious cold last week, mm-hmm. and she uh, tested negative for the first COVID test. But then last Friday, they suggested she take another one, that she won't get the results back until tomorrow. So uh, having said that, I guess our plans are a little bit in limbo, depending yeah. on her her situation. I do need to mention uh, our theater, uh, Premier Six, is still going full blast. And uh, from now to uh, through the 23rd, uh, Wonder Woman, uh, the new Wonder Woman is on. And that's uh, um, Friday and Saturday. Will that go through? Uh, I don't guess it will. Sunday and Wednesday is 2 to... Uh, 2 p.m. and 6.40, White Christmas, so it's my favorite Christmas movie outside of Going My Way. Uh, Friday through Wednesday, 2.05, 4.10, and 6.30. It's a wonderful life. We've seen 3,000 times on television, but it's better in the theater. And it's Friday and Saturday from 2.15, 4.30, 7, and 9.15. And Sunday through Wednesday, 2.15, 4.30, and 7. Polar Express, that's one of Greg's favorite movies. Um, it's animated, and it's on Friday through Wednesday at 2.20, 4.25. The Gremlins, uh, Friday and Saturday at 4.50, 7.30, and 9.30. And Sunday through Wednesday, 4.50, and 7.30. And The Crudes. I think that's one of yours uh, favorites, Mike. A new age, Friday and Saturday, two ten, four forty, six fifty, and nine o'clock. Is and Sunday crudes? through Wednesday, two ten, four forty, and six fifty. Is that the crudes or the cruds? No, this is the the crudes. C R O O D S for your information. Uh, I don't know that word. Well, you're one of these people that you're out all the time. You go to theaters and all these other things that are, you're a very social person, which is amazing for somebody that lives on a farm. Yes. (laughs) We've actually run out of time, believe it or not. Thank goodness. It went too fast. (laughs) I'll see you in two weeks. I'm off next week. It's my paid holiday from the station. Uh-huh. So I decided to take it between the holidays. So uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back up to Washington and visit some of your friends or, or what? Well, I have a friend who said he wants to treat us to lunch or dinner. So I may try to schedule that in there. That would be nice. If, if Bart will let me off next Monday, that would be nice. You don't get a paid day off? No. No. Oh, well, that was part of my contract. You make more than I do, which which I'm not very happy with, I want you to know. Well, I'm on four, five days a week. You're on one day. Yeah, well, it's a level of uh, contribution to the program that makes a difference. Hey, guys, y- you, uh, you have a nice day. 
And we will, I will see you in the morning at 9 o'clock. You Merry, take care. Merry Christmas to all. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Bud's Tire Pros makes buying tires simpler, so you can get back to when being on the move was carefree. For a limited time, get up to a $120 reward card after submission when you bundle at least two new qualifying Michelin or BF Goodrich passenger or light truck tires, as well as select Michelin motorcycle, scooter, and bicycle tires. Or get a $120 reward card per purchase of four new Michelin Cross Climate 2 tires. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. Find out more at BudsTireProsTN.com. See store for complete details. Offers valid from November 18th, 2020 through December 9th, 2020. Void where prohibited. MTSU Arts, together with Ascend Federal Credit Union, invites you to enjoy the School of Music concerts from the comfort of your living room. The concerts will be live-streamed on the School of Music's YouTube channel, and select concerts will be aired on MTSU's new True Blue TV. Visit mtsu.edu slash mtsuarts for a full list of upcoming concerts.